0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Got a bunch of media gigs. Westwood One for NFL, CBS for college, radio.com sports, the Eagles, WIP, all kinds of different gigs. And I got a lot of podcasts. Fantasy Feast podcast is twice a week. Joe Dolan had some interesting things to say this week about Josh Allen, about Ronald Jones, about what you should do now that Saquon's hurt or McCaffrey's hurt or whomever. Also, have the Even Money podcast was up seven units last week. You might want to listen to that one. It's a pretty good one. Emory Hunt is outstanding on the College Draft podcast, so check that out as well. And of course, my buddy, Andrew Brandt, has the business of sports here on the Ross Tucker Podcast Network. Thursdays, one of my favorite days. It means we have Greg Cosell, the executive producer of the NFL Matchup Show on ESPN, the longtime NFL films guru. Always a ton of great stuff to get from Greg momentarily. Tomorrow's already Friday. I mean, today's Thursday, which means we have a game tonight, which is awesome. Tomorrow's already Friday which means it's a finished strong Friday. I will bring it for you guys. I always try to bring it for you guys. And we'll make all my picks for all the other games. I won't forget to make a pick on Jags-Dolphins tonight. Brian will hopefully hold me to that. But it also means tomorrow we'll have a spread-the-word winner via social media. We are the little engine that could. We're not one of the NFL podcasts or the Ringer or Four-Letter Network. We're just us, and we appreciate those of you that support our small business trying to continue to grow during these times. We'll have a YouTube shout-out winner tomorrow for a new YouTube subscriber trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. Help a brother out. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And, of course, the sponsor confirmation email winner, likely someone that takes advantage of the code Tucker at OmahaStakes.com. By the way, I think that's nobody so far. I think that's nobody. So maybe we'll just skip Madden Code Week Four. I don't think anyone has actually sent me the Omaha confirmation yet. It's delicious. Bacon wrap filet. Are you kidding me? I'm going to crush some of that this weekend, actually. I'm also going to crush the content that Greg Cosell is about to pour out here. It's big show time. The big show. All right, Greg, last week, you were just chock full of awesome information. (laughs) It was amazing. Your segment every week is sponsored by DraftKings because it's the inside information that can help people, whether they're placing a wager at DraftKings or they're doing DFS or whatever. I think before we start with tonight's game, Greg, or the film that you watched this week, and some of these quarterbacks I want to get your opinion on. I do want to get your thoughts. I mean, you've worked at NFL Films for 40-plus years. Yep. You've seen a lot of Gail Sayers footage
2: I sure over have.
0: the years. Just your thoughts on the Kansas Comet passing away and what kind of player he was.
2: Well, I started, Ross, at NFL Films in 1979. Now, obviously, Gale Sayers had retired by then, and his career was cut short by injuries simply because we didn't have the medical technology back then that we do now. But in seeing his highlights on film here at NFL Films for so long, he struck me, looking historically, as the first back that had kind of that stop and start, change of direction ability that we talk about so much today with backs, I don't just from seeing films, obviously, uh, I don't recall anybody prior to Gail Sayers having that those kinds of explosive traits. I think he was kind of the first guy that I can really think of based on just seeing films who had that special ability and therefore could have been a great, great back in any era of football.
0: You know, it's interesting, Greg, because <laughs> watching him You know, you're right. I don't remember seeing footage. You know, you see some of the guys, Jim Brown and some of the guys, but you don't really remember seeing anyone as dynamic as Gale Sayers. And it was almost like it was also when color TV happened for the first time. And it was just like you went from black and white where there were some really good running backs, but usually they were fast. They were hard charging You know, you see them on NFL films and then you see Gale Sayers and it was just different. Like I, I totally get why he was so popular and why, you know, he kind of made people's imaginations go wild because they really hadn't seen anything like that before.
2: No, I agree. Uh, and and if we think of a Barry Sanders who obviously played, uh, God, it's been so long now, it seems. It seems like we were just watching him yesterday. But we think of a Barry Sanders with that stop start, tremendous ability to change direction on a dime. Gail Sayers was very much like that. And I think his first year in the league, if I'm not mistaken, was 65, because I believe he came in the same year as Dick Butkus in, in that draft. And uh, of course, I think he only played six or seven years, but. People will remember he had a six-touchdown game against the 49ers in the rain, scoring a, a punt returns, kick returns, r- rushing. It was just one of those games. But he was he was different at the time. And as I said, he could have played at any time. He was ahead of his time. Like,
0: that's 55 years ago. I know. It's he, crazy. He, he, it? would, he would, like, play now,
2: and he would be. Great. they would be able to use him a lot better now. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be a great receiver. He, he'd be exactly the kind of back that everybody says you now need in the NFL. Let's talk tonight's game, Greg.
0: Thursday night football, it's the Dolphins, it's the Jags. Yep. You can say whatever you know. – I'm, I'm going to tee you up on whatever you want about the game that interests you. Okay. Um, but I am also curious because you talked about Gardner Minshew last week that comment, those comments, actually got a lot of attention on our YouTube page, youtube.com/slash Ross Tucker NFL, and on social. I guess the question I have is, what what did people miss there? And I know maybe you know it's a
2: little too early to start saying that, but well, fifth round pick, what what did people not see? You know, again, I'm just watching the tape, and he's played what uh, a full season essentially and two games, so. When I say he's my guy and I like Gardner Minshew, that's purely based on tape study. I don't know Gardner Minshew. Uh, you know, I have no personal interest in in whether he's great or not great. Um, but I, the tape tells me that he's a very good quarterback. And I think when he came out, people saw that he was a little shorter than you'd ideally like. Uh, not a big arm, not a gun. Um you know, he's certainly not athletically imposing, although he's a little better athlete than people might think. So uh, he came from an air raid offense. And I think people still struggle a little bit with how that translates in the league. I think that that may be changing a bit as we continue to move forward, but I still think there's a sense that if you play in the air raid, that you're going to have a bigger transition to the league. So I think there's a number of reasons he's a fifth round pick. He doesn't fit the profile. Um, So, uh, You know, that's all I can say about that. But in this particular game, and I think if we turn to the matchup, they're playing a Dolphins team that through two weeks has been high, high percentage man-to-man coverage. Last week they lost Byron Jones. He'll be out this week. Um, So they're playing the rookie, Noah Iggy is what we'll call him, uh, from Auburn, who's actually a pretty good corner. But last week against Buffalo, they played a ton of man coverage, and they got burned. Uh, The Bills did a really, really good job with man-beater concepts. Noah Iggy ended up matching up after Jones got hurt to um, Stefan Diggs. And while he didn't do a bad job, he got beat. Um, So now you're going to see a Jaguars offense, and I'm sure for these last three days they're working on their man-beater route concepts because that's how you have to attack uh, the the Dolphins' defense. Uh, They're not going to change what they do in three days for a Thursday night game. They don't have enough time. So you will see a ton of man from the Dolphins, and you will see the Jaguars run man-beater route concepts.
0: Greg, uh, you mentioned the Buffalo game against the Dolphins. I, yeah. I guess I got to ask you, what What are you seeing from Josh Allen? What's gotten into Josh Allen?
2: <laughs> uh, well, Josh Allen uh, is throwing the ball pretty well. You know, he's still – it's funny. His completion percentage is high, but the ones he misses are still ones where you just scratch your head and you say, wow, he, he should make that throw, but he's making some great throws. Um, And he just may be one of those guys that you live with his poor lower body mechanics. And that's maybe the way he throws the ball. Now, I don't know what they work on in terms of the mechanics and fundamentals. I think they do a really nice job in terms of their route design and their route concepts. That's where I think Brian Dable does a, a really, really good job. Um, but the, you know, it may be you know some guys just throw a certain way, and it may be what he is, and you live with it. Um, I still believe you have to coach it. They they may well be coaching it. I'm not there every day, but he made some really really good throws, which he's more than capable of, and he has at times that special second reaction ability, uh, and that's you know we talk more and more about that in the league now with a lot of quarterbacks, particularly younger quarterbacks coming the coming in the league, the Kyler Murray's guys who sort of have a profile of being able to make plays with their legs getting out of the pocket and then making great throws when they get out of the pocket. Uh, In many ways, I'm not going to sit here and say that playing from the pocket is not important because you do have to make throws from the pocket in the NFL, but you do have more quarterbacks now that make these kinds of plays. uh, As I said, by design and second reaction and, Uh, Look, the master of that is Mahomes. Look at the throw he made to Hill for the touchdown this week. That's just one of those throws that not many guys can make.
0: Talking with Greg Cosell here from NFL Films NFL Matchup Show on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I guess I'll alternate the good and the bad, Greg. Um, Next up, Carson Wentz. We talked about him last week. Is there anything to add to what you said last week about him not being precise or accurate enough and and missing some of the layups, which by the way, evidently Doug Peterson didn't seem to like when someone asked him about that.
2: Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, he's got to defend his quarterback that that's that's coach speak. And that's, that's fine. He should do that. Um, I will say this about the Eagles this past week, Ross, they played 80% of their offensive snaps with 12 personnel, meaning one back and two tight ends through two games. they are about 65% 12 personnel. Uh, this is just a personal opinion of mine based on studying tape every week. And, and this is what I do. I think about this. Uh, I think it's hard to play in the NFL like that. Um, now, now Jalen Rager's hurt and he's going to be out for a number of weeks or, or a month or so or more. Um, but this is an offense that for all the talk in the off season about speed, uh, they didn't. Re- they don't really push the ball down the field by design. I think they were concerned about their offensive line against the Rams, so they shortened their offense and condensed it. But to me, it's just hard to play that way. And it's no knock on Doug Peterson or the staff. They know their players better than I do. I'm just making a general statement is if you're going to play with two tight ends, even if they're really good players, and we know Ertz is really good for what he is, and Goddard's a good player, they're still tight ends, Ross. They're not guys who can really stretch a defense and create either versus man or create those voids in zone coverage where you can make throws at the the intermediate slash deeper intermediate levels. And the Eagles don't have those plays. And it's very tough to play in this league without getting explosive chunk plays in your passing game.
0: That's interesting. I hadn't seen anyone mention that as of yet, Greg. I want to get to Cam Newton. I'm alternating between good and bad. Let's get back to good, Cam Newton. Listen, I mean, I didn't know that he'd ever throw the ball like that again, Greg, and I don't think the Carolina Panthers did either. I don't think they would have released him if they thought he could come back and play this well. What did you see from him throwing the football?
2: I think he's very much the same quarterback he was in Carolina, as you suggested. Um, He'll make some great throws, and he'll miss some. Um, For instance, we never should have gotten to the final play of the game. Uh, With 13 seconds to go, he missed Edelman uh, by NFL standards wide open in the end zone. Uh, It would have been a 13-yard touchdown, and New England would have gone home happy. He threw a rocket ball that was too high, and and Edelman was open. Um, So I think that this is what Cam is, what Cam's always been. He's a quality quarterback without question. I don't want to come across as if, hey, he's not very good, but this is what he is. He's obviously can make he obviously can make plays with his with his legs. Clearly Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are taking advantage of that, and that's now become a meaningful part of their offense. I think it will continue to be. No quarterback rides the mesh point in the run game better than Cam, which really puts stress on the defense. He's capable of unbelievable throws like the deep throw he made to Edelman on Sunday night. Uh, and, uh, but then he'll miss some like the interception by Dunbar where it was just an out route and he threw it, you know, five yards behind the receiver. So that's what he is. He's always been. So w- uh, my guess is we'll be having the same conversation about Cam in, in five weeks. Well, he, he actually
0: sounds a lot like Josh Allen, the way you describe him. It, it was very similar to what you said about Josh Allen. Yeah,
2: the numbers were good and uh, and and they missed a few that they should make. And And the question is, then, then you have to have enough team to uh, to handle that. and and But they're capable of the spectacular. And in many ways, that's what people now focus on, Ross. They focus on the spectacular, you know, because so many quarterbacks now with their movement ability, their arm strength, as I mentioned earlier, are capable of those spectacular plays. Um, and And, you know, you can go through a whole game. Look, look at what the Chiefs did against the Chargers. And we can certainly talk Justin Herbert, whose tape I studied hard, but we can uh, you go through the whole game. The Chiefs offense didn't do much at all. And then all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes rolls to his right on a second reaction play and makes one of those throws that even, you know, guys who have been doing this for 41 years like myself just go, oh, my God, you don't see that very often at all. You know, the, there's guys now are, are capable of making those plays. And if you have enough team, obviously the Chargers have not scored a ton of points, um, then you, you you win games. All right, so you mentioned Justin Herbert, clearly one of the guys I
0: wanted to ask you about. What did you see on Sunday? Looks like he'll be starting again.
2: Yeah, I I really kind of thought that uh, he did a nice job. I thought they really helped him, too, with what they did. Uh, They did a great job with allowing him to settle in through the first couple of possessions, quick game throws, basic concepts. You saw a wide receiver screen. You, you saw curl flat to the boundary. Basic reads, basic throws, things that allow a quarterback to get comfortable. I thought they did a really nice job with that, but he also made some of those throws. Uh, you know, he made a throw to Allen. I think it was 25 yards in the middle of the field where he just turned it loose. I mean, he, he has that in his DNA. He is an aggressive, turn-it-loose thrower, and that touchdown he threw to Guyton, that was a little bit of a rare throw. It might not have come across that way to a lot of people watching on TV because when Guyton caught it, it looked like he was just open. But that was a far hash back pylon throw against cover three. And that that's a tough, tough throw to make. And he... he you know, he's mobile. Um, he'll make a few mistakes. He missed a couple of things where he, he tried to push it down the field when a shorter throw on third down would have just gotten the first down and moved the chains. Um, I think he'll probably have a game where he throws three or four picks because he's so aggressive, uh, and, and the defense will just get the better of him early in his career. But I, I thought that there was a lot to like and a lot to build on. And And again, not an X and O point, but I thought there was a sense of poise and composure to his game. Now, Steve Spagnolo really increased his blitz frequency in the second half. And to me, that was really good coaching. Um, but uh, but I thought Herbert acquitted himself really well, given that he, uh, by all reports, didn't find out he was starting until 10 or 15 minutes before the game.
0: Yeah, that was unbelievable. What about the other rookie, Joe Burrow? He's played a couple games now. I don't think yeah. I asked
2: you about him last week. What have you seen from Burrow through two games? Well, they're playing uh, a lot of empty sets. They play more empty sets than any team in the NFL. I think Burrow is very, very comfortable on that. You know, Ross, empty allows, uh, forces the defense to declare their intentions before the snap of the ball, because if you really spread out with empty, the defense, they can't, They have to cover receivers. They can't leave receivers out alone, so the defense has to declare. Burrow has a nice combination of playing with timing and rhythm and also second reaction ability. Um, So he's looked comfortable. Uh, It's a lot of quick game. It's the kinds of things that he did at LSU that he clearly feels very good doing. Um, I think this offense will get better. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think that, uh, they've got some pieces. They've got some really good skilled players because they've been bad. No one talks about Tyler Boyd, who I think is one of the best slot receivers in the game. So, uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously, that's a very intriguing game. You know, you're very close with the Eagles, as I am. Uh, uh that's a very intriguing game on the schedule this week that not a lot of people are probably talking about because, uh, both teams are, uh, are 0 2. But, um, uh, That's that's a fascinating matchup.
0: Talking with Greg Cosell, NFL Films, NFL matchup guru here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Before we get to Monday Night Football, uh, which is the game I really want to zero in on during this DraftKings-sponsored segment, I did just have to ask you about Kirk Cousins. Are you seeing anything different,
2: Greg, or is it a product of no digs and his O-line struggling? Well, first of all, I think Kirk always has one or two of these games every year and keep in mind through the first two games Ross they've gotten behind and and they're not built they're not built that way what the way they want to play which they've not been able to do is they want the run game to be the foundation with Dalvin Cook they want to play at a base personnel whether it's two tight ends or the fullback CJ Ham who I believe last year played 30% of the snaps they haven't been able to play the way they want to play Uh, And and we'll see how it works this week. Um, You know, they play Tennessee at home. Tennessee is a tough out, but Minnesota is at home, but that's the way they want to play. And they haven't been able to play that way through the first two weeks. So I think we have to wait and see. You know, look, Kirk Cousins has played in this league for a while. People have different opinions about Kirk Cousins. No one suggests he's a top five quarterback, but he's also played well enough where you can't say he's a bad player by any means. You know, he's probably one of those mid-range quarterbacks that if you've got the good run game working and your defense is playing well. And by the way, they have a ton of changes on defense both up front and in the secondary, and now Anthony Barr is out. So sort of the profile and dynamic of this team is changing, and now we'll see how they have to play. They may not be able to play exactly the way they'd ideally like to.
0: All right, we've waited long enough, Greg. Last but certainly not least, Monday night football. It's the Chiefs, it's the Ravens. The Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point underdogs. On the DraftKings Sportsbook app, I got to tell you, Greg, I'm not sure I thought we would ever see the Chiefs during the Mahomes, Andy Reid era be three and a half point underdogs again. says a lot about what Vegas thinks, and I guess in this case, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, what they think about this Baltimore Ravens
2: team. Well, the Ravens, you know these teams played early last season, but it 's tough to get a great feel for that because Baltimore has literally six or seven or eight new players on defense um, so it's it 's kind of a revamped defense um, you know the the interesting thing about studying baltimore 's offense we know about the run game i think pat I think that Lamar Jackson has thrown the ball very well through two weeks. I think he 's not a guy that automatically leaves the pocket even though he 's a great scrambler and a great runner uh, he he's been very good on third down he was very good on third down a year ago he's been good on third down this year um he's a he i think he's an improving player and then that and that sounds strange to say i know he was the league mvp last year but i think as a thrower he's improving and i think most people would agree that that's what he needed to do he needed to improve as a passer um and i think they do a really really good job uh, their their offensive coaching staff, Greg Roman, the coordinator, James Urban, they're the quarterback coach. I think they do a really nice job with their concepts to really define things very well for for Lamar, where they can you know, if it's zone they, they the concepts determine, hey, he's the player that you've got to to beat you know, that he's the player that you have to read. They keep it it simple in a good way. And I don't mean that in a way, oh, he can't handle other things. This is a good thing. This is the way you want to coach. So I think Lamar Jackson's a really sort of more fascinating player to watch. We know what Mahomes is, you know, but Jackson to me is fascinating.
0: Well, this is a good thing for me every week, getting Greg Cosell on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Fantastic stuff, Greg. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Ross. Thanks. There he is, Greg Cosell. Wow, that got me fired up to say the least about that game. You know what else I'm fired up about, by the way? Raycon earbuds, wireless earbuds from Raycon. Maybe it's how you listen to the podcast. You put the earbuds in. I'm telling you, my Go Big Recruiting guys, they have the Raycon earbuds in while they're making phone calls to college coaches high school players, families. The newest model, the everyday E25 earbuds, they're best ones yet. Six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass and more compact design, a noise-isolating fit. I mean, this is the one that Snoop Dogg, Jr. Smith, Mike Tyson, they are loving Raycon. What I like about it, they have a 45-day free return policy. So you can make sure they're the pair of wireless earbuds for you. For a limited time, get 15% off your order at buyraycon, R-A-Y-C-O-N, dot com slash Tucker. That's com slash Tucker for a special 15% discount on Raycon wireless earbuds. Make sure to check it out now while the deal's running. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker.
1: Tuck well, Ross, you touched on it with Greg. Any other thoughts about the passing of Hall of Fame Bears running back Gale Sayers?
0: You know, Bri, just that he appears to be, by all accounts, and look, I don't know him personally. I think maybe I've met him once. I can't recall An unbelievable human being. You know, he's just the kind of guy that every time I've ever heard him speak in public, I came away very impressed by his thoughtful, measured responses. Kind of reminds me of like a Tony Dungy in that regard.
1: Ducks Takes. Want to get your comments on the two biggest things that we saw on Twitter yesterday. First, Adam Schefter's report of Tyrod Taylor, not Tyrod. He wants to be known as Tyrod Taylor, having a punctured lung and Bill Belgic's attire at his Wednesday press conference.
0: Has that changed again, the Tyrod thing? Yeah. Because he's changed that back and forth like two or three times.
1: It was in the game notes on last Sunday, uh, working the Charger game.
0: Okay, because when people started calling him Tirad a couple years ago, he said, no, it's Tyrod. Tyrod's fine. I mean, I I don't know. Anyway, um, Terad. Okay, so I'll start with Adam Schefter's report. You know, Dr. Chow had come out and basically said he was pretty sure this is what happened on Monday, and I thought Ian Rappaport, or someone else had said and had called it a pneumothorax on Monday. And I talked about it Tuesday morning and said, that's what it sounds like happened. Blah, blah, blah. And I mentioned the, the kid I know that had it happen to him. Actually, when they were a freshman in college in the Big Ten. And it's a really interesting lesson, Bry, because I, I, I'm guessing Adam Schefter didn't know that maybe didn't see what Dr. Chow said, didn't know what a pneumothorax was, but he tweets yesterday, punctured lung, and it's like breaking news. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. It's like, well, we we kind of knew that's what it was for a couple days. So Adam has a lot of power. I mean, I, I, it's almost like there's a lot of people that it's not news unless Schefter says it, unless he tweets it. I think Rappaport had said pneumothorax on Monday. I know that Dr. Chow had, so pretty interesting. Uh, Maybe it's just people don't know what a pneumothorax is, but when they said punctured lung, it was wow. But as you guys know, I talked about that in the power rankings on Tuesday. Anyway, uh, Bill Belichick's attire, um, you know, he always dresses very comfortably. I guess I would describe it. This time on Wednesday, it just his his sleeveless sweatshirt actually had, like, holes in it. <laughs> like, somebody called it, like, a moth infestation. It's kind of hilarious, actually. And I, I tweeted something that I just think it's funny in the sense that there's a lot of coaches that if they did that, oh, my gosh, they would get ripped to shreds, which is, I guess, pun intended with, uh, with he's kind of wearing shreds for clothing. But – they would get destroyed. But he's Belichick. He's won six Super Bowls. So everybody's like, eh, that's just him. It's kind of funny. But then it, it's just crazy. Like people, you guys honestly should check out my my tweet about it at Ross Tucker NFL and just see the replies. Like people like so hateful, and you're just mad because he cut you. Like, hey, I'm not mad about it at all. Like, not even a little bit. I I it's well documented. That my biggest decision every day is flip flops or slippers. I mean that's 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 documented on this show. I wear shorts, mesh shorts with sacks underwear every day. I wear uh, either a t-shirt or a long sleeve t-shirt representing my Spartan football today. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Ross. So I don't, I I really don't care at all. I can just picture like Colin Coward or a columnist in Detroit or New York, if Adam Gase or Matt Patricia or one of these guys was wearing stuff like that, they would get, I mean, it would be a huge topic. For Belichick, it's just kind of funny. Um, And guys like, oh, you're just mad because I never got cut by New England. I got traded to Cleveland, which was a better situation for me. In fact, New England's the only team that didn't cut me. So do a little research, Twitter responders. I guess that's it.
1: Got a couple of transactions. 49ers signed Ziggy Ansah while promoting Deion Jordan from the practice squad. Eagles put a couple of guys on, ER, on, ER, on IR, and the Giants did the same with Sterling Shepard.
0: Well, the Niners lost Solomon Thomas and Nick Bosa. So they got to replace him somehow. Tell you what, you could do worse talent-wise than having Ziggy Anza and Deion Jordan. I mean, both those guys have a lot of ability. Now we'll see if the Niners can get the most out of that ability. As for the Eagles, I mean, just a brutal year. I mean, I don't think either one of these guys are out for the season, but they're out for a while. They're starting left guard. Their first-round pick, starting wide receiver. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, they've lost now. They're starting right guard, left tackle, left guard. And their right tackle missed the first game after his ankle surgery. So the only guy that's kind of been there for every game where they thought he would be was Jason Kelsey. That's that's incredible if you think about it. Um, then you've got Sterling Shepard. It seems like he struggles to stay healthy. I feel like that happens to him a lot.
1: Tuck takes. We forgot to get your pick last week on Thursday Night Football. You don't need to give us that pick again. But how about the one for tonight? Jags host the Dolphins. Thursday Night Football, who you got?
0: I like that you said we, Bri. I like that we're that – Unity, we're a team. We both forgot. Yeah. I like that. Taking ownership of it. Yeah, I like it. I respect that. Uh, you know what? I can't think of – like if you were th- – although last week wasn't bad either. But if you said to me, Ross, it's Thursday Night Football – You're going to watch two teams that are probably going to have losing records this year. What two teams would you want them to be? Or give me, what quarterbacks would you maybe want to see? telling you what, Minshew and Fitz would be up there. It's going to be entertaining. And I do think it'll be pretty high scoring because no Byron Jones for the Dolphins. And I don't think the Jags' defense is great. They did a pretty good job against the run. But Fitz and Minshew are both playing pretty well. I think this is going to be an awesome game back and forth and, you know, Brian, this is not expert-level analysis, okay? And I would tell you don't try this at home. I think the Dolphins are going to win. And I think it's because it's it's their time. Like, I just don't think they're an 0-3 type of team. And I realized that Steve Fezzik and everybody else would tell me that what's happened so far has nothing to do with tonight. And they're right. But call it... Former player intuition. I think it's a close game. I think it comes down to the end. I think the Dolphins are going to win the game. And I might be wrong. And Look, I'm thinking it's a three-point game. I think it's like 31-30, 31-28. But I'm going to pick Fitz and the Finns to come through at the end. No Byron Jones hurts. Even the other Jones and Howard are a little bit beat up. Uh, And the Jags are playing awfully well. So... I might be wrong, and if I'm wrong tomorrow I'll say I'm wrong and I'll I'll eat it. I'll take it. I took the Dolphins with the points on even money, but actually they're gonna win outright, which means Bri you probably aren't even ready for it. But if you'd like, you can let the doggies out. I will say, Bri, this'll be a good game to check out either late tonight or tomorrow over the weekend on NFL Game Pass because it's going to be entertaining. I, I just know it is. NFL Game Pass, you can either go ahead and watch the full game replay, which I don't really understand that if when you can do the condensed version, which is 45 minutes long, and you see every play of the game. Boom, 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 boom. I love it. They've got the NFL Films archives, so they got more Greg Cosell content, if you will, And you can watch the coaching tape. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. You could say we are where football never stops. Because even if, okay, I'm done with Greg Cosell for the day, you got Joe Dolan, part two of the Fantasy Feast podcast. He's got expert analysis. Joe's the man. Really good information, even if you're not a fantasy player. Even Money podcast. You can get ready for the first weekend of SEC football on the College Draft podcast. Andrew Brant has the Business of Sports podcast. You get all the other shows we love, like Ball Blast and Hazard Ground, all the ones you can find over at RossTucker.com. So we got a lot for you. And we also have a Finish Strong Friday, Picks Friday edition of the mighty RTFP tomorrow. Shoutouts, Pizza Boy Brewing, DynastyFreaks.com, Sporticulture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X. Please check out those dudes because if they're a, I think we're done here, Patreon member, Patreon.com slash RT Media, that means they're a listener. So let's support our listener podcasts or our our listener businesses because we are all in this together. We are the little engine that can, could, and keeps going. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All
2: available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.